0: hallways of Shed High School from WSHDLP Eastport. This is Round the World with your host, Cracklin' Jane from Eastport, Maine. Stay tuned for historical 78 RPM recordings from around the world. Excuse me, sir. Hey, watch where you're going. Uh, ma'am? Oh, look out, I need to be someplace right now. Uh, okay. Okay, hey, ladies and gentlemen, we are broadcasting today from the Round the World Palace of Patience, a spa for impatient people who are here to build up their muscles of moderation, their strength of stoicism, and their powers of perseverance. We're in the entry hallway for new clients who apparently haven't yet ascended the Gratis Ad Parnassum of forbearance. They're here to learn to be patient, for instance, to start out their made to stand in front of an elevator that takes more than 15 seconds to arrive. And then they have to drive behind a slowpoke on the road without trying to pass and get stuck in line at the grocery store back of an old lady who slowly counts out her coins one by one. And they must do this while staring straight ahead, maintaining a bearing of benevolence. Let's start with an impatient musical message addressed to Margie Anderson. It says, hurry, hurry, Margie.
1: Hurry, hurry, Margie. Hurry, hurry, Margie. Hurry, hurry, Margie. I'm coming, baby. Hurry, hurry, Margie. All right, all right. Hurry, hurry, Margie. Relax, baby, I'm here. My baby wants some love, and he wants some kissing, too. He said, Margie, come on, let's do the do. You really satisfy me, it's very plain to see. He said, do those thrills only you can do to me. He said, honey. Knock me out. You're the one to satisfy me. It's very plain to see. He said, hold me tightly, baby. Never let me go. Hurry, hurry, Margie, cause I need your loving soul. That's what he told me. My baby told me. You can't make me quit him. I'll work too darn hard to get in. No, 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 cause I love his loving soul. (laughs) Come home with me, the match is home singing, continue to be. That's what he told me. Hurry, hurry, My Marty. baby told me. Whilst I love him so.
0: Margie Anderson, who received the 1950 message, Hurry, hurry, Margie. Welcome back to the round the world Palace of Patience. A place where impatient people can persevere to become poised. One way impatience may arise is because people feel they have lost control over the use of their time. They always feel the need to get the lead out, and and the hurrier they go, the behinder they get. We're fortunate to have here the director of the Department of Time Management, Dr. Roy Fishbone. Uh, Pleased to be here. Now, Doc, how do you help all these impatient people get the most out of their day while maintaining their patience? Well, I would advise your listeners to start by making a list of what needs to get done today. Okay. Then decide which task has the biggest yuck factor. Hmm. And then do that one first to get it out of the way. Really? That way you'll become more relaxed as you plow through more and more enjoyable tasks down the list. Ah, thank you esteemed efficiency expert Dr. Roy Fishbone here at the Round the World Palace of Patience. And now Wynoni, Mr. Blues Harris, is feeling impatient. Here he is with Lucky Melinder and his 1944 orchestra. Hurry, hurry!
2: door today, the mailman walked right by my door today, he didn't leave no letters, just kept going on. And all in store. And when you come home, baby, I'll pull and to i pull the shades and lock the door. Take the key, throw it away. All mammals, that will be today. Don't let your love grow cold, cause you drill me to my soul.
3: So baby, baby, won't you hurry, hurry, oh.
4: Amar con ansia, si amarte así. En que te... Y no tarde mi vida, ven pronto a mí. Mira que pasan las horas y yo sin ti. Mira que solo me siento, ven pronto a mí. Ay, ven pronto, ven pronto vida. Ay, ven pronto, mira no tarde. Ay, ven pronto, qué desespero. Ay, ven pronto, ven, ven. ¡Ay, ven pronto! ¡Ven pronto, vida! ¡Ay, ven pronto! ¡Mira no tarde! ¡Ay, ven pronto! ¡Qué desespero! ¡Ay, ven pronto! ¡Ven, ven! Te esperan mis manos, ven para mí, ven que te espera mi boca con Frenesí, Ven que te espero esta noche, ven para mí, para besarte con ansias y amarte así. Ven que te espero muy solo, ven para mí, ven y no tardes mi vida, ven pronto a mí. Mira que pasan las horas y yo sin ti. Mira que solo me siento, ven pronto a mí. Ay, ven pronto, ven pronto vida. Ay, ven pronto, mira no tarde. Ay, ven pronto, que desespero. Ay, ven pronto, ven, ven. ¡Ay, ven pronto, ven pronto, vida! ¡Ay, ven pronto, mira, no tarde. ¡Ay, ven pronto, qué desespero! ¡Ay, ven pronto, ven, ven! ¡Ven,
5: ven, ven mi amor!
0: Tony Giroldi con Orquesta Roberto Valdez Arnau ¡Ven pronto! come quickly. Before him, Wynoni, Mr. Blues Harris, with Lucky Melinda and his orchestra, also made an appeal to hurry, hurry. Yes, uh, time goes on crutches till love have all his rights. Uh, According to Shakespeare, that is. They'll just have to maintain equanimity while they wait. Yes, Doc. But first, Ray Price is in a big 1952 hurry. Let's lend him a quick ear.
6: that you ever did see she don't let no one have her loving but me I gotta hurry 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 I gotta hurry on over and get some loving tonight And turned up nose Lord you are to see The way she wears her clothes I gotta hurry, hurry, hurry Hurry, hurry, hurry I gotta hurry on over Cause to me her loving just right Wake up every morning when the sun begins to shine All I think about is a baby of mine I got to hurry, hurry, hurry Hurry, hurry, hurry I got to hurry on over and get me Done, got tired of always a-dating. I gotta hurry up, cause the parsons were waiting. Gotta hurry, hurry, hurry. Hurry, hurry, hurry. I gotta hurry on over with all my might, cause tonight you'll be my darling wife.
7: (laughs) Calling our cars, calling our cars, calling our cars. Call for police. Hurry, hurry. Call for police. Quick quick quick. Call the police. Hurry, hurry. Someone stole my girl from me. Call the police. Hurry, hurry. Call for police. police. Quick quick quick. Call the police. Hurry, hurry. Someone stole my girl from me. She's a little bit bigger girl about five feet high. Look out man, don't you lie? She's not plump, stout, or fat. Don't worry, boy, she'll soon be back. Call the police. Hurry, hurry. Call the police. Quick, quick, quick. Call the police. Hurry, hurry. Someone stole my gas from me. <laughs> it up wipe it up Bop it up wipe it up wipe it up wipe it up, wipe it up. Wipe it up. Mop it up, mop it up. Call the police, hurry, hurry. Call the police, quick, quick, quick. Call the police, hurry, hurry. Someone stole my girl from me. Call the police, hurry, hurry. Call the police, quick, quick, quick. Call the police, hurry, hurry. Someone stole my girl from me. She's a little bit of girl about five feet high. Look out, man! Don't you lie. She's a plump, shout of Don't worry, boy, she'll soon be back. Call the police. Hurry, hurry. Call the police. Quick, quick, quick. Call the police. Hurry, hurry. Someone stole my girl from me. Calling our cars. Calling our cars. Calling our cars. Calling our cars. <laughs>
0: Artie Sims and his 1946 orchestra say to hurry, hurry, and call the police. Before them, Ray Price said he has to hurry, hurry, hurry. And we're talking to Time Management Department Director Dr. Roy Fishbone, here at the Round the World Palace of Patience. Doctor, tell us more about working with hotheads to help them be more patient. Well, for, uh, impatient people, multitasking seems like a good way to get extra work done. But in reality, it actually decreases your productivity. Really? Instead of completing all these multiple projects, you, you wind up not finishing any of them. Hmm. The best way to manage your time is to patiently focus on a single task at a time. And give it your full attention while you're working on it to avoid mistakes. Thanks, Doc. And it's time for another peon to impatience. Here are the 1935 Sweet Violet Boys with... Hurry, Johnny, hurry.
8: saw so a hound white and brown, he left his family home, one day with are thinking in the town. Oh, hurry Johnny, hurry, he's on our trail once more. Hurry Johnny, hurry, he's never for of more. In Arkansas, bullfrog in the pool The, the hound, hound dog too, gets the frog The frog out off his too Oh, Hurry, Johnny, hurry, he's on our trail once more Hurry, Johnny, hurry, he's head for Baltimore I never knew a lot, but there's one thing I know, I know, I know what my dog got. Oh, hurry, Johnny, hurry, he's on my trail once more. Hurry, Johnny, hurry, he's never for Baltimore. My little old house in Arkansas is the I was born hurry, die, hurry, is never more.
9: you out of my heart.
2: I try to pretend this isn't
9: the end, but that's not so easy.
0: hurry, Johnny, hurry, featuring the Sweet Violet Boys from 1935. This was followed by Ella Fitzgerald. I'm going to hurry you out of my mind. She was assisted by the 1945 Delta Rhythm Boys. If you're just joining us, let me introduce you to efficiency expert Dr. Roy Fishbone. We're broadcasting from the round-the-world Palace of Patience. Dr. Fishbone, uh, sir, what what is your prescription for getting the most out of the minutes of your, of your own day? Well, I'm a morning person, so everything I have to do that requires brains and critical thinking and concentration, I, I do it in the morning. Then in the afternoon when I'm tired, I, I just do busy work, like giving interviews on the radio. So if you were an afternoon person or a, a night person, you'd do your concentrating then? right Okay, Doc, and now for some Danish impatience. We have next Little Peter Shindai Oblistur. Little Peter, hurry up and grow big. Courtesy of Oga Yule Thompson Med Columbia Dance Orchester from 1930.
10: To call you on the phone Because I feel so all alone Don't like this being on my own Can't you, won't you hurry home I leave the door unlocked in case Like me you find you're out of place. I'd give the world to see your face Can't you, won't you? I've learned a lot that I didn't know I was a fool when I let you go Since you've been gone it's all very clear Life is just an empty thing without you, dear I made an awfully big mistake Oh, what a difference love can make Please give my heart another break, can't you? Won't you hurry home?
0: was Bob Crosby and his 1938 orchestra saying, Hurry Home! And we also heard Olga Yul Thompson met Columbia Dance Orchester from 1930 Denmark, Lil' Peter Schindai Oblistur. little Peter, hurry up and grow big! You are listening to WSHDLP Eastport. This is Cracklin' Jane, and we're visiting the round-the-world Palace of Patience, where there seems to be quite a few ants in the pants of the participants, Doctor, I noticed some pushing and shoving in the hallways by the new visitors. Ah, uh, yes. When, when people first get here, they tend to excuse their own impatience by blaming other people or, or things, while feeling self-righteous about their own negative reaction. This is called the self-serving bias, which is the tendency to attribute our successes and good behavior to our own innate abilities and the tendency to outsource our failures and bad behaviors to external factors. So we will be working with these newcomers to help them recognize this. Thanks, Doc, and it's time for another musical piece of Impatience. Here is Arthur Fields, Impatient for the End of the First World War. Tom, Dick and Harry, and Jack hurry back.
11: Ones and lovers have left us to join in the fight Millions of others, their sweethearts and mothers Are proud that they fight for the right In every home in our nation This is the prayer every night Old oh, Catholic and Harry and day. Hurry back, hurry back. Be quick till the trick, get it over. Then don't even stop to time. The tears that we've shed make an ocean. Home without you seem just like an empty shag. So Tom, Dick and Harry and Jack. Hurry back, hurry back, hurry back. We have a new love, a red, white, and blue love For all of our boys over there They have a true love, a real die Or new love for home, they will all do their dare In every heart there's a longing In every home there's a prayer Oh, Tom, Dick and Harry and Jack, hurry back, hurry back. Be quick till the drink gets it over, then don't even stop to pack. The tears that we've shared make a notion, home without you seems just like an empty shack. So, Tom.
12: Sin tu amor vivir, dame todo, todo, todo tu calor Ay, mi negrita linda, eres un primor Si supieras mis desdenes al pensar Que tal vez mañana ya no volverás Nunca, nunca, nunca me dirías adiós Y formaríamos un para para los dos Te besaría tiernamente Y te amaría con pasión Y serte fiel eternamente compartir mi corazón con la dulce calma que te pueda dar el amor eterno de mi piel cantar dame todo, todo, todo tu calor ay mi negrita linda eres un primor no digas no mi bien dime ya que sí para saber también que eres para mí no digas no mi bien Para saber también que eres para mí. Ay, pronto, 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 pronto ven a mí. Que no quiero nunca sin tu amor vivir. dame todo, todo, todo tu calor. Ay, mi negrita linda, eres un primor. Si supieras mis desvelos al pensar que tal vez mañana ya no volverás, nunca, nunca, nunca me dirías adiós y formaríamos un para los dos. negra, linda, pronto, 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 pronto.
0: Arthur Fields was impatient for the 1918 end of the First World War. He sang Tom, Dick, and Harry and Jack, Hurry Back. And close on his heels, Tito Cruzar y su grupo in 1949, Pronto, pronto, pronto. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Now I just want to mention that once our clients learn to be more patient, they're able to go after those long-term goals. Suddenly they're playing the piano at parties, walking, walking away with handfuls of academic honors and degrees. They're feeling gooder most of the time. Alright Doc, and uh, speaking of the drawbacks of impatience in pursuing goals, Helen O'Connell will now relate the effect of learning to dance in a hurry. I shall be backed up here by Jimmy Dorsey and his 1941 orchestra.
13: And one and two and... Two and two and one and... Aw oh, shucks, I can't dance. Life was so peaceful at the laundry. Life was so calm and serene. Life was tray gay till that unlucky day. I happened to read that magazine. Why did I read that advertisement where it says, since I run the gym thinks I'm sublime? So why, oh, why did I ever try when I didn't have the talent, I didn't have the money, and teacher did not have the time? Why? Arthur Murray taught me dancing in a hurry. I had a week to spare. He showed me the groundwork, the walking around work, and told me to take it from there. Arthur Murray then advised me not to worry. It would come out all right to my way of thinking. My dance is stinking. I don't know my left or my right. The people around me can all sing A one and a two and a three But any resemblance to waltzing Is just coincidental with me Cause Arthur Murray taught me dancing in a hurry And so I take a chance To me it resembles the nine-day trembles, But he guarantees it's a dance ¶¶ step my rumba makes people turn pale my conga goes into a goose step till the FBI is dogging my trail cause Apple Murray taught me dancing in a hurry Maybe the stars were wrong If I ain't a menace to root St. Dennis I'll do until one comes along Turkey trot, orga blot, don't know which, don't know what Jitterbug, bunny hug, long as you cut a rug Walk the dog, do the clock, Lindy hop till you drop Ball the jack, back to back, cheek to cheek to your are You've heard of Pavlova. Well, Jack, move over. Make way for the queen of the day.
14: and jump hop on a flyer my heart's on fire honey hurry hurry to me
0: Krupa and his 1945 orchestra, Honey, Hurry, Hurry to Me. This was preceded by a description by Helen O'Connell of the effect of rushing through dance instruction. Arthur Murray taught me dancing in a hurry, kind of like haste makes waste. She was helped by Jimmy Dorsey and his orchestra. This hour, we're in the Round the World Palace of Patience and the director of time management has been kind enough to sit down with us and discuss the drawbacks of impatience and what to do about becoming a more patient person. And before I take off, I would like to add that impatience has some good things about it too. Inspiration can give you a desire for something, but impatience gets you acting on that desire. Without a little impatience, we we may never get started. Kind of like the opposite of complacency. If you find yourself generally impatient, it might be a signal that you have untapped creative energy bubbling inside of you. So, uh, so patience and impatience are like double-edged swords? Yeah, in some ways. Well, I hate to cut it short, but I gotta run. Thank you, Dr. Roy Fishbone. Alright, let's listen to a couple more anthems of edginess before we go around and interview a few of the new clients here at the Palace of Patience. Here's Henry Burr from 1916 saying, hurry back to my bamboo shack.
15: All day she watches anxiously, and when the night appears, she sadly gazes towards the sea and murmurs through her tears. Hurry back to my lonely little bamboo shack, away your lonely little gaiters we Only of can because a handsome sailor boy who sailed across the sea will soon forget his broken toy who murmurs tenderly. Hurry back to my lonely little bamboo shack, away, your lonely little. So patiently wait for you. Though my heart is grieving, I'm still believing that all the things that you said were true. Here in Japan, behind my fan, I'm.
0: St. Stephen, New Brunswick native Henry Burr sing Hurry Back to My 1916 Bamboo Shack, which was followed closely by Richard Hui and his Sundown Singers with the 1946 Hurry Sundown. I'm going to see if we can talk to any of these officious-looking folks marching through the entry halls of this round-the-world Palace of Patience. Uh, excuse me, sir, can I ask for a few seconds? Get out of my way, Excuse me, uh... Oh you, miss? Coming through! Dang it all. I'd love crime, Annie. what is taking this thing so long? Hey, slowpoke! You're blocking traffic! Well, let's just wrap up with a patient number. Here's Kaplan's melodist from 1922. What's your hurry? Melodist from 1922. What's your hurry? Indeed. Well, I'm glad to be back in the WSHDLP studios away from all the fretful, hasty, and impetuous clients of the Round the world palace of patience. We spoke to eminent expert Dr. Roy Fishbone about the importance of keeping it cool, staying focused, and don't blame other people if you're feeling impatient. This is Round the World. Please patiently take the time to visit us at CracklinJane.com. We pause now for station identification. You are listening to WSHDLP Eastport. Welcome, dear friends, to Hour 2 of Round the World with Cracklin Jane. Next, Jack Benny will display the patience required to do a 1949 inventory of the contents of his pantry. So let's listen.
16: Jack Benny with Mary Livingston, Phil Harris, Rochester, Dennis Day, and yours truly, Don Wilson. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, around this time of year, Jack Benny goes through a rather peculiar annual routine. He takes inventory of all the commodities in his pantry. As we look in, Rochester and Jack are checking off the items.
17: Two
18: cans of corned beef hash. Two cans of corned beef hash. Four
17: bottles of olives.
18: Rochester, slow down. I can't write that fast.
17: <laughs> Mr. Benny, I can't understand why you take inventory every fall. You run this house just like a grocery store.
18: I do not. I ju- Uh-oh, I broke the point of this pencil. Where's the pencil sharpener?
17: In the cash register.
18: <laughs> oh, yes. Darn it, I hit the 60 cent key instead of no sale. Now my books won't balance Well, let's get on with the inventory, Rochester
17: Yes, uh, six cans of peas
18: Six cans of peas
17: Five cans of corn
18: Five cans of corn Four
17: hundred and thirty-six cans of pork and beans
18: Four hundred and thirty Rochester, how come we got so many cans of pork and beans? Don't you remember? Mr. Paley
17: threw those in to clinch the deal
3: (laughs)
18: Oh, yes, one for each station.
3: <laughs> now
18: continue, Rochester. Two
17: bottles of vanilla extract.
18: Two bottles of vanilla extract. One bottle of Lydia Pinkham's. <laughs> <laughs> one bottle of Lydia Pinkham's.
17: Twelve slices of white bread.
18: Twelve slices of white bread.
17: Seven slices of whole wheat bread.
18: Seven slices of whole wheat bread.
17: Oh, say, boys.
18: What is it, Rochester?
17: When we come to the toothpicks, let's just estimate. (laughs) Okay for the
18: plain ones, but the colored ones we will (laughs) pound. Now, let's finish this. Yes,
17: sir. Six bottles of ketchup. Six bottles of ketchup. Six bottles of chili sauce.
18: Six bottles of chili sauce.
17: Three cans of Strongheart.
18: Three cans of Strongheart.
17: Boss, why have we got that?
18: I borrowed it from the Coleman's.
17: But but we haven't got a dog. Why'd you borrow it?
18: Well, they were out of butter, and I didn't want to leave (laughs) empty-handed. We'll use it someday. Continue.
17: One sack of Idaho potatoes.
18: One sack of Idaho potatoes. Rochester, answer the door. I'll finish the inventory. Yes,
17: sir.
19: Hello, Rochester.
17: Oh, hello, Miss Livingston. Welcome to Ralph's Supermarket. (laughs) What? Come right in. Oh, hello,
19: Mary. Hello, Jack. What are you doing up on that stool?
18: Oh, I'll be finished in a minute. I'm just putting some stuff back on the top shelf. Would you please hand me those two jars of caviar?
19: Oh, fine, fish eggs from a frightened mackerel and he calls it caviar. (laughs) Mary,
18: I've got a cold. Why do you have to come over here and...
3: Jack, look out, the stool!
19: Oh. Uh, Jack, are you hurt?
18: No, no, I'm all right <laughs> <laughs> What are you laughing at?
19: With those fish eggs in your ear You look like you're going upstreet to spawn
3: <laughs> <laughs>
18: Upstreet to spawn, upstreet to spawn <laughs> That nearly kills himself, and you talk about romance.
3: <laughs>
18: now, Mary, look at—I got a cold. Will you not bother me? Answer that, will you, please?
13: Okay.
19: Hello, Mr. Benny's residence. Hey, Livy. Hey, how come you're
18: answering the phone? New clause in your contract?
19: <laughs> no, Phil. Jack would have answered it, but he can't. He's lying on the floor.
18: Holy smoke, he's getting as bad as Ramley.
19: It isn't that at all. Would you like to speak to Jack?
10: Talk to that old man when I got you, Livy. <laughs> uh, why, you gorgeous bundle of loveliness. <laughs> You beautiful, streamlined doll, oh, yeah. <laughs> you... gorgeous hunk of... Let me speak to Jackson.
19: Uh, Phil, what happened?
10: Alice just walked into the room.
19: <laughs> oh. Say, Phil, I'd like to talk to Alice. Put her on the phone.
18: If I do, it'll count as a guest spot.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
19: well, wait a minute. I'll put Jack on. Jack, Phil wants to talk to you. Okay.
18: <laughs> Hello, Phil. Well, how's Paley's comic today?
3: <laughs>
18: I'm all right. What do you want, Phil? Look, Jackson, I know it's kind of late notice, but I wonder if you could give me a couple of tickets for today's broadcast. Well, I might be able to scrape up, two. Who are they for? Well, my nephew who lives in Kentucky just got married, and he and his wife are visiting us. He's a swell kid. Nineteen years old. Nineteen and married? How old is his wife? Ten. Wait a minute, Phil You mean to say your nephew married a 10-year-old girl? He felt sorry for her Her First husband was a (laughs)
3: louse.
18: Phil, stop making things up Now, who do you want the tickets for? Well, to tell you the truth, it's for Remley But he was afraid to ask (laughs) Well, he should be ashamed After what happened last time He gave that ticket to his girl She almost started a riot in the studio Imagine her walking up and down the aisle doing a thing like that. That wasn't her fault, Jackson. The band never should have played A Pretty Girl is Like a Melody. (laughs) All right, but where did she get the balloons? Where did she get the balloons? Where did you get the pin? Oh, quiet! (laughs) All right, Phil, I'll give you the tickets uh, at rehearsal. Thanks, Jackson. Goodbye. Goodbye. Hey, uh, Jackson.
10: What? You're old, but you're cute. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I'm cute. Goodbye.
18: Phil always has to call me when I'm busy. Oh, Rochester! What is it, boss? I knocked over all these cans when I fell off the stool. Will you pick them up while I go on with the inventory? Yes, sir. Mary, will you please help me? I'll call off the items and you write them down.
19: Oh, sure, Jack.
18: Five bottles of vinegar.
19: Five bottles of vinegar?
18: Three boxes of rye crisp uh,
19: three boxes of rye crisp
18: Eleven cans of Johnson's wax <laughs>
19: Eleven cans of Johnson's... Jack, why do you need all that wax?
18: It's for the program, Mary You put it on your head and the jokes slip your mind
3: <laughs> <laughs>
19: All right, Jack I made a mistake last week You deducted it from my salary Now let's forget it <laughs>
18: All right, now let's keep going, Mary One leg of lamb
19: One leg of lamb
18: Two packages of bacon
19: Two packages of bacon
18: One side
16: of beef Jack, that's me Oh, oh,
19: (laughs) oh, oh, hello, Don
16: Hello, Jack, Mary
19: Hello, Don
16: Say, Jack, I know you're busy, but I brought the sportsman quartet with me And they want to run over the commercial for the program But, Don, I didn't think they could be with us this Sunday I thought they were being held over at the Orpheum Theater Oh, they are, that's why they had to rush over here between shows to let you hear the song Oh. This is their second week at the theater, Jack, and they're a terrific hit there. Well, isn't that wonderful? So you're back at Vaudeville, eh, boys? Hmm. That's nice. Uh, Tell me,
18: fellas, how does it feel being on the stage again? Do you like it?
8: There's no business like show, business like no business we know. Playing at the Orpheum is thrilling, standing out in front on opening nights. Smiling as you watch the theater filling. And there's your billing up there in lights. There's no people like show people. They smile when they are low. Thank you, Jack, for booking us. T'was heaven sent.
18: Yes, thanks to you, we can pay our rent. That's all right. But don't worry, Jack, you'll get your 10%. Thank Let's you. go on to the show. Let's go right on with the show.
16: Don, that was simply wonderful. I'm glad you liked it, Jack. Now we've got to rush back to the theater. The boys will be on stage in 20 minutes. Then you better hurry. Goodbye, fellas. So long, Don. So long. Gee, Mary, just the mention of Vaudeville brings back memories.
18: I wish I was back on the stage again. Ah, those were the days.
19: Did you ever play the Orpheum here, Jack?
18: Yes, Mary. I even remember the bill. There was Block and Sully, Willie Weston McGinney, the Avon Comedy Four, Fink's Mules, and Fred Allen. (laughs) Ah, gee, he was a clever guy Alan? No, (laughs) Fig Now, what did I do with my pencil? I want to finish this I'll get it Hello? Hello, Mr. Benny This is Mel Blank Oh, Hey, can uh... you use me on your program Sunday? No, I can't And Mel, why do you keep bothering me? I told you I can't use your imitations on my program. But I don't just imitate actors. I imitate world-famous politicians like Winston Churchill, Anthony Eden, Uh, General de Gaulle, and that fellow who just visited President Truman. Who's that? Al Jolson. (laughs) Now
3: fuck that up! And I can't
18: use you on my show, Sunday. Goodbye. I can't understand that guy. He knows if I had a job, I'd give it to him. I'm his agent.
3: (laughs) So, no, Barry. Uh,
19: just a minute, Jack. Go ahead, Rochester.
17: Twelve cans of crushed pineapple.
19: Uh, twelve cans of crushed pineapple.
17: Nineteen cans of condensed milk.
19: Nineteen cans of condensed milk. Two
17: thousand four hundred and fifty-six
19: cans. <laughs> cans? Cans of what?
17: Just cans, Mr. Benny. Don't throw nothing away.
3: <laughs>
18: Certainly not. I paint them and hang them on my Christmas tree. Now, Barry, I can finish this up with Rochester, so... Shall I answer the door, boys? No, don't bother getting down from the stool. I'll answer it. I'd like to get this inventory finished before we... Well!
20: Hello, Mr. Benny. Mr. Kitzel!
18: (laughs) Mr. Kitzel, it's certainly nice seeing you again. What are you doing around this neighborhood?
20: Mr. Benny, I came over to say goodbye. I'm going to New York to see the World Series.
18: Well, that's wonderful, Mr. Kitzel I didn't know you were interested in baseball
20: Interesting <laughs> You know, Mr. Bennett. when I was a boy I played baseball all the time Really? Yes, indeed I used to pitch for my high school team
18: No kidding Well, were you a good pitcher?
20: <laughs> they used to call me Satchel Kitzel
3: <laughs>
18: No
20: Oh, I could pitch fast, slow, inside, outside But my specialty was, you should excuse the expression, a saliva ball (laughs) Hey, you must have been pretty good
3: Pretty
20: good after I left high school, I became a professional and played ball with the Mexican League. And then after nine years, I oh, was Wait
18: a minute, wait a minute. You were down in Mexico for nine years? Where
20: do you think I got this accent?
18: <laughs> I should have known. You're joking, aren't
3: you? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. no but Mr. Kissel,
18: can... I'm certainly surprised to hear about your interest in baseball. Huh?
20: Uh, What's so surprising? In 1938, I was the most popular man at the World Series. Oh, my, you should have heard the crowd yelling for me.
18: You mean you played in
20: the World Series? Who played? I was selling hot dogs, pickle in the middle, and the mustard on top with a hey, bobbery, and a little bebop. Goodbye.
2: Mr. <laughs> Goodbye. So long. That's okay. That's okay.
18: Gee, it was nice seeing Mr. Kitzel again
19: Jack, we're almost finished with the inventory
18: That's good Say, Mary, I certainly appreciate your helping me And I'll tell you what If you'd like to stay for dinner, I'll take you out later We'll go to a nightclub
19: A nightclub? Oh, I'd love to, Jack, but I already have a date Oh I hope it doesn't spoil your evening
18: No, 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 I'll take my pen (laughs) duh. Mary, if you want to Oh, there's the door again Come in Oh, Mr. Benny, I just came over to ask you if you... Hello, Dennis
21: Hello Mr. Benny, I just came over to ask you if you... How do you feel, kid? Fine Mr. Benny, I just came over to
3: ask you Close the door,
18: will you, Dennis? (laughs) Okay Now, Dennis, what did you... Dennis! How do you like that? He locked himself out (laughs) Oh, well, it just Come
21: in well, Mr. Benny, I just came over to ask you if it'd be all right if I could...
18: Dennis, when I told you to close the door, I bet you should come in first. Oh. Now, what'd you want to ask me?
21: If I could use your phone, my house is on fire.
3: Now,
18: Dennis, don't be silly. If your house is on fire, why would you come all the way to Beverly Hills to use the phone?
3: I want
21: the fireman to think I'm a big shot.
18: Dennis, close the door, will you? Just my luck. This time he stayed on the inside. (laughs) Now, look, kid, I'm busy, so don't bother me with all those silly things you make up. Come on, Mary, let's finish this inventory. Okay.
21: Oh, is that what you're doing?
18: Yes, yes. I
21: thought you were cleaning house like my mother did the other day.
18: I'm not cleaning house.
21: Boy, did she get rid of a lot of stuff. She threw some old curtains out of the living room, a broken rocking chair out of the bedroom, and she even took the moose head out of the shower.
18: (laughs) Now, Mary, let's... Dennis. She took the what? Out of the shower?
3: The
21: moose
18: head. Yeah. You're going to ignore that, eh, Mary?
19: <laughs> <laughs>
14: I certainly am. Hmm.
18: My
21: father put it in there, a but minute, my mother... Wait a
18: minute, Wait a minute. Hold it a minute. I know I'll regret asking you this, <laughs> but why would your father put a moose head in a shower?
3: The
21: other end would look silly. <laughs>
7: Well,
18: that I can understand. Now,
3: Dennis... (laughs) Dennis,
18: besides your house being on fire and your father being in a shower with a moose, what else is new? Well, I've been rehearsing my song all week. Would you like to hear it? I'd love to. Anything.
21: Go ahead. Okay. Okay.
5: But I only can think with my heart, I love you, and yearn for the day, the day. More could be said if I thought with my head, but I only can think with my heart.
18: was very good. i just sit down for a few minutes. I want to finish my inventory.
17: We've got everything listed, boss. All we have to do is put the last few things back on the shelves. Good, good.
19: Rochester, I'll get up on the stool and you can hand the stuff to me.
18: No, no, Mary. I'll get up there.
19: Oh, Jack, you've had enough trouble. I'll get up on the stool. Help me.
18: Okay. Up, up. Don't let your skirt catch on the stool.
19: (laughs) I'll lift it a little.
18: Dennis! (laughs) Dennis. You ought to be ashamed of yourself
21: Oh, I wasn't whistling at Mary
18: Now, Dennis, don't deny You were looking at Mary's limbs And you were whistling at her Now, weren't you?
19: Well, yes Good, good
18: Mary You get down off the stool And I'll eat get up there I gotta get this job finished Help me up, Rochester
17: Here you are, boys Up, up Dennis
18: (laughs) Now, stop it
19: That was me (laughs)
18: Good, good. (laughs) Now, Rochester, if I push these cans on the top of the shelf back a little, I think we can squeeze in a couple of more.
19: Jack! Jack, the stool! Look out! Ooh.
18: Ooh. It's my own fault. Jack!
19: A big cat of tomato juice is falling. Look out! <laughs> oh, Jack. 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 Oh, my goodness, he's unconscious. Jack!
17: Boss! Boss, speak to me! Speak to me!
19: Gee, he's really out cold. Rochester, help me. Put a pillow under his head. Dennis, go get a glass of water. I'd rather have a Coke. <laughs> Go get it Jack Jack Gee, Rochester Look at that big bump on his head
17: Yeah, hope he isn't hurt too bad uh,
19: Here's the water, Mary Well, don't stand there Throw it In his face, not mine
17: <laughs> Oh, He's coming oh. too, Miss Livingston Where
18: am I? Uh, what, what happened?
19: Well, after you fell, a big can of tomato juice hit you on the head. Oh. oh. Uh, are you all right, Jack? Yes, yes, I feel
18: all right, Mary. It's, you know, it's just that... Oh, Mary, you were worried about me, weren't you? You've been crying.
19: Dennis threw water in my face. <laughs> <laughs>
18: Rochester, help me up, will you, please?
19: Oh, uh, here you are, boss. Uh, Jack, uh, you better sit down. You were hit pretty hard. You got a big bump on your head.
18: But, Mary, I feel perfectly off.
19: There's somebody at the door. I'll get it. Jack, let rock
18: Mary, don't worry. Little hit on the head. They make such a big thing out of it.
22: Telegram for Jack Benny. I'm Jack Benny. Here you are, sir.
18: Thank you. Oh, just a minute, boy. Uh, Here's a tip for you.
20: Gee, uh, I'm sorry, sir, but I haven't got change for a dollar bill.
18: I don't want any change. Keep it. It's yours. Oh, boy, a dollar tip. Thank you. Jack. Gee, I wonder who could be sending me a telegram. Uh, Jack. Well, there's only one way to find out. Jack. What is it, Mary?
19: You just gave that Western Union boy a dollar tip.
18: Yes, was that enough? <laughs> if, you, if you don't think so, I'll call him back. Uh,
19: uh, no, no, Jack. No, no, no.
18: Mary, what's the matter with you?
19: Uh, Jack, are you sure you feel all right?
18: I'm fine, fine. What's the matter with you, kid? Look, and excuse me, kids, while I read my telegram.
19: Dennis, did you see what happened? Yeah, maybe it's that bump on his head. He's never given a Western Union boy a dollar before, has he, Rochester?
17: Only once in that time he kept the kids' bicycle.
3: <laughs> well, hey,
18: kids, I'm certainly glad I got this wire. Uh,
19: who's it from, Jack? The
18: boys at Phil's band. They're giving Sammy the drummer a surprise birthday party tonight, and they want me to be there. Excuse me a minute. I, I want to make a telephone call. da 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 da-da, da 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 da-da, da Hello? Uh, Beverly Hills Liquor Store? Uh, this is Jack Benny talking. That's right. Listen, I'd like to order a little gift for a birthday party. Do you have some very fine imported champagnes? What? I said Benny, Jack Benny. (laughs) No, no, not one bottle of champagne. I want to order a whole case. Huh? Yes, Benny,
8: B-E-N-N-Y.
18: Yes. Now, send this case of champagne to Sam Weiss, 4720, Mary Ellen Avenue, Van Nuys. No, no, don't send the bill to him. Send it to me. Yes,
19: B-E-N-N-Y.
18: Thank you. Goodbye.
19: Uh, Rochester. Rochester, this is serious.
18: Well, kids, I'm going upstairs and get dressed for the party. See you tomorrow, Mary. So long, Dennis.
19: Goodbye, Mr. Benny.
18: Ah, this ought going to be a lot of fun tonight. I wonder what suit I should wear. I think I'll wear the brown one. Da 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 da.
16: Ladies and gentlemen, the National Foundation for Infantile Paralysis is in immediate need of help. The March of Dimes Funds have been exhausted fighting this year's epidemic of polio. $14.5 million must be raised within the next seven days. So won't you please help to fight this dread disease? Please send your dimes and dollars to polio, care of your local post office. We cannot abandon America's children. Remember, send your dimes and dollars to polio in care of your local post office. Thank you.
19: Yes, Doctor. Mr. Benny is acting very strangely. Well, Doctor, first he gave a Western Union boy a dollar tip, and then he ordered a case of champagne as a birthday gift for a... What? Yes, Benny. B-E-N-N-Y.
0: You're listening to WSHDLP Eastport. We've just heard a 1949 broadcast of the Jack Benny Show. Jack takes inventory of his pantry... And has amnesia. Now, stay tuned for a 1954 episode of The FBI in Peace and War, in which a wife loses patience with her go getter husband.
22: The FBI in Peace and War.
23: Another great story based
22: on Frederick L. Collins' copyrighted book, The FBI in Peace and War. Drama, thrills, action. Tonight's story, The Go-Getter.
24: And I say finally, that the business community of Bay City will expand without limit. If confidence is maintained,
3: Bill, confidence are in
24: attacked? our future, confidence in each other, with faith in our ability, we can go in only one direction, forward. I thank you.
25: Bill, are you going to listen to that all night?
24: Well, that sounds pretty good, don't I?
25: Yes, you're wonderful. Let's go, please. You know how Dad is when we're late to dinner. So let
24: him stew a little. You think I ought to take the record along, let him hear me?
25: He's listened to 20 years of speeches at the business club, Phil.
24: Not from his son-in-law. Rising young executive, president of the fastest-growing used car agency in the city. No. Besides, I'm thinking of hitting his bank for another loan. We'll take the record. Now, let me see how you look.
25: Phil, we are late.
24: I thought I told you to get something new for tonight. You want your old man to think I'm pinching pennies...
25: Really, it doesn't matter what I wear. Of
24: course it matters what you wear. Oh, let's
25: not argue tonight, please. My wife
24: has to look right just as much as the front of my showroom has to look right. Phil. I wouldn't put you down as an asset in that get-up, Donna. I really wouldn't.
25: Phil, if you married me as part of your balance sheet, please let me tell you. Oh, now,
24: don't get all worked up. I
25: am worked up. You can't treat me as some kind of investment. Now, look, You can't, Phil. I don't know what's come over you in the last year. Nothing
24: has come over me. I am simply trying to make a living, that's all.
25: No, that isn't all. You're going to make more than that. And I'm beginning to think I'm just a prop in your scheme. Donna. I've been thinking it for a long time, Phil. I've been watching you change. Now, listen. Remember when you first came to Bay City, just a bright young man looking for a job? You were fun then, Phil. I liked you. All right,
24: let's go to your old man's place. I'm tired of talking.
25: I don't like you anymore, Phil.
24: Okay, so you don't. And when you go downtown tomorrow, get something decent to wear. Let's go.
23: The case history of Philip Emery up to 1945 could be documented quite briefly. Born in Detroit, quit high school, second year, worked two years as auto mechanic. One arrest for for assault, dismissed. Four years in the Army, discharged in Bay City, stayed on to work. However, in 1949, Philip Emery married Donna Weston, daughter of a local banker. Within four years, Emery had the largest used car agency in Bay City and was considered a real go-getter.
26: Hello, Phil. How are you? Well, hello, Harry. What are you doing in Bay City? Just here to see you, Phil. You got five or six nice, clean cars, and Mr. Arnetta figured to give you first pick. Well, oh, good. How is Mr. Arnetta, Harry? Oh, he's fine. Sends his regards. Here, here's the list of what we got for you. All practically brand-new cars, Phil, and look at those prices.
24: Mm-hmm. They're very attractive. With
26: merchandise like that, you can keep right on underselling every dealer in
24: town. Yeah, I know. The trouble is, Harry, I'm kind of overstocked right now. I don't want to go in for big stuff like Cadillac or Chrysler.
26: With those prices, how could you lose
24: well, I'm sorry, Harry. Why don't you try me in a month
26: or so when my inventory's down a little, huh? Mr. Arnetta figured you'd want these cars now. Yes, I imagine he did. You don't like it too much when you don't want cars all of a sudden, Phil. Oh, I want cars, Harry. Two months ago, you give me the same story. You're overstocked. Mr. Arnetta said, okay, let him alone this Harry, time. Harry, but... I don't like to be pushed. We're not pushing, Phil. We're just telling you. We got you down for those six cars. We figured to deliver them by the end of the week. Supposing I don't take them? You'll take them. Why? Phil, let me ask you something. For two years now, you've been buying cars from us off and on. Where do you think those cars come from? I don't know, Harry. Mr. Ronetta told me they're mostly South American cancellations. Uh Uh-huh. What if I told you that that's just a gimmick he makes up for suckers like you? All those South American orders and the letters of cancellation he shows you, what if I said that's a fake? What if I said every car you bought from us is hot, stolen right off the street?
24: Well, what if you did? I'm still overstocked. Look, I'm trying to tell you, these cars are hot. Okay, so you told me. Now, why not come back next month, Harry?
26: Look, you want me to draw your diagram? You're in this racket with us, Phil. You're in deep enough to get sent up for 20 years.
24: Harry, you read too many of those gangster comic books.
26: Look! And stop telling me
24: to look. Did you think I figured you guys out two years ago? What do you take me for?
26: All right, you figured it. When do you want the cars delivered? When I'm ready, Harry, I'll let you know. You think Mr. Arnett is going to take this? Sure he is, if he's got a brain in his head. I'm one of the best
24: outlets you guys have got. You'd be fools to push me too far. We
26: got 20 outlets. You're only one. I'm a good one if you don't crowd me. Phil, I think you're making a big mistake. I never make a mistake. That's how I got where I am. Okay. Okay. Let's see how long you stay there.
23: The name of Philip Emery first came to the notice of our bureau when Agent Reynolds and I were working on a car theft ring that operated in Detroit and Chicago and disposed of its cars in a number of towns in a three-state area. We had found on locating some of the cars that they were being sold by used car dealers. And for weeks, we had been following the newspaper ads to see if there were any more dealers who were underselling their competitors. There seemed to be several. And Agent Reynolds and I, posing as buyers, visited each of these dealers. Oh, good morning, gentlemen. May I help
4: you?
24: Uh, maybe you can. We're interested in that Ford Ranch wagon right there. Well, good, good. Come on in and have a look. This is the cleanest little job I've had on the floor for the last month. 3,000
23: miles, practically brand new.
24: Have a look inside.
23: Go ahead, Dave. Uh, he's going to buy it. I'm just Oh, <laughs> Well, you just it's all you want. The scar can take it. What year is this? It's
24: a 53. It's fully equipped. You got four automatic, radio, heater, direction signals. Incidentally, take a look at those tires when you get out. They'll tell you more about the mileage than the speedometer.
23: It's nice, isn't it, Steve? Yeah. You better not ask him how much. <laughs> well, there's a tag on the door handle.
24: It's $1,600. When that job was new, it was $2,500. $1,600. That's right. $1,600. A third down. And I'll give you a guarantee there's not a dealer between here and Detroit that's getting less than $18.50 for this model. (laughs) How do you do it? It's simple. It's volume. I just sell twice as many cars as the next guy. Uh, Could I see the motor? Yes, sure. Go right ahead. (laughs) Not that I know anything about a motor. He just wants to see if it's there. (laughs) It's there, all right. If you want to take it out on the road, you'll see a job that really moves. Oh, will you excuse uh, me a minute my office girl is out today and I'm hopping phones myself?
26: Sure, go ahead.
24: We've got a lot to look at. So help yourself. I'll be right with you.
23: 1600. About 200 under the current market.
24: This looks very interesting, Steve. Let's check this one
23: out on the road. Agent Reynolds and I were able to examine the motor number of the car when we took it out on the road, and there were definite signs that the number had been changed. We returned to the car saying we'd be back and began immediately to investigate Mr. Philip Emery's background. Now, look, Donner. I admit maybe Phil spends a little too much time down at his showroom, Please,
25: Pa, don't try to be understanding or I'll start blubbering again.
27: All right. Have you told your mother yet?
25: No. She likes... Bill, as much as you do.
27: Donna, all we said was he's come a long way in the last four years.
25: On the money you loaned him. Honey, the boy has
27: ability. He took a rundown agency and built it into a $300,000 business. Everybody in town. Everybody
25: in town doesn't know him. He's mean and cheap and greedy. He eats, sleeps, and thinks about money 24 hours a day. Donna. He didn't marry me, he married your credit rating. Aren't
27: you being a little unfair?
25: Pa, I wish I were. I wish this were just nerves or something, but it isn't. It's been going on for for over a year now. What? Uh... I, I can't explain it, Pa. He doesn't talk to me except about money. The only people we see socially are the ones who can do him good. He supervises my clothes, he tells me where to go, who to see. He listens to himself half the night on that recording machine.
27: Breaking up a marriage is a pretty serious business, Donna.
25: Pa, I know it is. Believe me, I've gone over and over this.
27: All right. You'd better let me tell your mother. <laughs>
23: our investigation of emery's background uncovered an arrest for assault and a short-term and army detention barracks for insubordination however our most important lead came from a conversation with emery about the purchase of the car agent reynolds asked about the former owner and emery told us that he didn't know the owner the car having been sold to him through a cancellation on a shipment to south america agent reynolds managed to see the bill of sale which was made out by the Export Motor Company of Chicago. Export Motor Company, Miss Darnetta's office. Just a minute,
26: I'll see. You want to speak to Sam Gaynor? Not today. Not today, Sam. Miss Darnetta don't want to make any bets. Okay. Go on, what did he say then?
27: What did who say? Emery, you lunkhead, who are we'll we talking about?
26: Oh, Emery. Well, he takes a look at the two cars and he says we can leave them out in the street for all he cares. He's not taking delivery till he's ready. That's all? Yeah. I told you that's what he'd do, Joe. This guy don't take orders. Okay, I'll let somebody handle him. What's the handle? You fiddled around long enough, you better get rid of him.
27: What do you think I'm going to do, make him a partner? Oh, Sid Baker can take care of it. Tell him I want to see him.
26: All right, but you better tell Sid this Emery's a smart cookie. He's going to be looking for something now. Uh-huh. If I was Sid, what I'd do, I'd work from a car. I'd wait until Emery was out taking a ride then I'd come up I'd swipe him Harry
27: and... Yeah
26: Would you mind if I did
27: the thinking for this organisation Okay Joe I appreciate your interest Harry you are a real loyal type I suppose you get out of here before I knock your stupid head in
26: Okay I'm going But I still say you got to be careful when you handle this guy Emery <laughs>
23: With two more agents assigned to the task, we began a slow and careful check on the Export Motor Company in Chicago. It soon became evident that the company was a front, since we couldn't locate any cars they were trading or gather any information of business activity other than the fact that they carried a very large balance at the bank. We continued, of course, to investigate Philip Emery's business, not knowing that his personal life was approaching a crisis. Donna, let's be sensible,
2: huh?
24: All right, I've been busy. I haven't had as much time for you as I'd like.
25: There's no use going over it, Bill. I tell
24: you what, supposing I knock off work a couple of weeks, we'll go up to that lodge on Lake Michigan. What was the name of that, you know, the place we went on our honeymoon?
25: It's no use.
24: Don't you remember the lodge, Donna?
25: Yes, I remember it.
24: Well, maybe we could get Grace and Ted Hill to go with us. Ted's a lot of fun. Yes,
25: and maybe you could get him to put you up for the president of the business club so the trip wouldn't be wasted. Phil, I am not going to talk anymore. We made a mistake. I want to fix it before it's too late.
24: I didn't make any mistake, Donna.
25: All right, I did.
24: I'm not going to let you go.
25: I don't see how you can stop me.
24: I can. I just hope you won't make me do it.
25: You can't frighten me anymore, Phil.
24: I'm not trying to. I'm just not letting you go. I've got a reputation in this town, Donna. I have built a good business. I am not gonna let you louse it up.
25: You will get along, Phil. You don't need me. All right,
24: I don't, but I need a respectable marriage and I need your old man.
25: You never had the nerve to put it that crudely before.
24: I never had any reason to.
25: You don't really want me at all, do you?
24: I don't care one way or another, Donna.
25: I am leaving tonight, Phil. I won't wait till the end of the week. All right,
24: Donna, you ask for it. I will give you the simple version. I found out a couple of months ago that most of the cars that I have been selling from that outfit in Chicago are stolen cars. What? They're stolen cars. That's why I got them so cheap.
25: You, you found that out and you didn't go to the police? No,
24: I didn't. Now, look, Donna, maybe you don't listen close when I talk business, but your old man is a partner in the agency. If I get in any trouble with these cars, I am going to say he knew all about the deal. I will pull him in with me all the way.
25: Phil, you... You're just making this up.
24: You know me better, Donna. I never kid around.
25: Does... Does Dad know anything about it?
24: No, he doesn't. And he never will. As long as you live right here in this house.
23: of our agents had reported on the activities of the Export Motor Company, we decided on a visit to Joe Arnetta, president of the company. Arnetta had a long criminal record, but had lately managed to beat the law by the simple device of hiring other men to carry out the rough assignments. Arnetta thought he was keeping out of trouble that way. Export Motor Company.
26: Oh, Joe. It's me, Harry. Yeah, Harry. Joe, I'm uh, down at Sid's place now. Look, he wants a little more money for this thing. He says it's a pretty rough job. How much more? A thousand.
27: Okay, give it to him. When's he gonna do it? This afternoon. All right. When he's through, he can come here and pick up his money. Okay, I'll tell
26: him. You want me to come back, Joe?
27: Yeah, you better. Nobody's on the phone. I want to go downtown. I'll
26: be there, Joe. Ten minutes. Okay, don't
27: be any longer. Somebody just came in the front office, and Charlie's downstairs having coffee.
26: Ten minutes, Joe. I'll be there.
23: Yes, gentlemen? Mr. Arnetta? Yes? FBI, Mr. Arnetta. We'd like to talk to you for a few minutes.
24: Have you got 75 cents in change, Donna?
25: No, I haven't. I didn't bring my purse. I thought... Oh, never
24: mind. I'll give him five and he can keep the change. Here you are, Mac. I don't know how many times I told you to carry along money... But oh no, you never will. Phil,
25: stop it, will you? You've
24: got a handbag the size of a house. What do you keep in it?
25: Phil, I said I'd come to the club if we didn't have to talk till we got. You get a hundred bucks a week. Where does it go? Stop it, Phil.
24: Did you get our table with the Robertsons? Yes. Now don't you clam up if Robertson gets playful, understand? I need his business. I know. And if she's wearing the crummiest looking dress this side of Chicago, you tell her it's gorgeous and ask her where she got it.
25: Bill, I'll do anything if you just won't talk to me when we're alone. Don't
24: worry. I'm not doing it because I like to. Will your old man be there? I think so. Good. I want to see him. You know something? I think this guy in back is following me. Now, don't turn around. Yes, I think he is. Yeah, okay. I thought he was going to pass just before we stopped for gas, but he stopped for gas too. Well, let's try him. Mm-hmm. I think this is the business. Bad we took this car. It hasn't got much guts.
25: Well, why why would anyone want to follow us? I'll
24: tell you some other time. Open the glove compartment. There's a gun there. Put it on the seat next to me. Phil. Do like I say. You now slide down on the seat and stay there. Phil. And shut up.
6: Try and shake him off.
25: Maybe, maybe you're wrong, Phil. Shut Man. up, will you? Phil, you're gonna kill
3: us!
24: Better not try it, mister. I'm not gonna let you come alongside. Now get down, Donna. Don't yell at me! We shouldn't have taken this old hunk of junk. Come on, come on, move! I'll stop please, whenever they want on the matter. I let him put a slug through me. Get on, Don He's gonna try to pass oh, now. You better him. hold on. I'm gonna try to ditch him. Okay, mister, here
17: it is. You're gonna get it! <laughs>
24: There's another car coming down
3: eh?
24: Now stay where you are and let me do the talking. You hear me? Stay there.
2: What happened, mister? You all right?
24: Yeah, yeah, I'm okay. There's a... There's a car down that embankment. He was trying to pass me, and I guess he must have lost control. Let's go down and see what we can do.
23: A few hours after we had questioned Joe Arnetta, we arrested him for grand larceny. Then, according to plan, we picked up all the known members of his gang and those used car dealers who were known to us. When we arrested Philip Emery, he volunteered to turn state's evidence and revealed the attempt on his life. The man who had made this attempt, Sid Baker, was permanently crippled as a result of the crash. On conviction, Arnetta and all of his mob received sentences of 20 years each. Philip Emery, five years. Our files are closed on The Go-Getter. Pause now for station identification.
0: You're listening to WSHDLP Esport. We've just heard a 1954 episode of the FBI in Peace and War, The Go-Getter. And we have time for an episode of Superman from 1940. Here is Clark Kent, reporter. Presenting Superman. (laughs) Up in the sky, look!
2: Look!
28: It's a bird! It's a
2: plane! It's Superman!
22: And now, Superman, eighth wonder of the modern world. Visitor from a distant planet whose strength knows no limits, whose endurance is beyond anything humanity has ever known. We have seen how the child of Jor-El and Lara was placed in the rocket ship and sent on his way to Earth. During the long journey of the rocket ship to the Earth, the child has become a man. The rocket landed in a desert. Superman stepped forth full-grown to explore this strange new world in which he found himself. Today, as our story continues, we find him hovering with his curious power above a quiet highway in Indiana. A trolley car is just pulling up the hill, and as Superman wheels and turns in curious flight, unseen below, a man and a boy come out of the shed that serves as waiting room.
29: Morning, Professor. Good morning. Going into town? Yes, that's right,
28: John. Taking Jimmy to the fair. That is a great show, all right. Well, I reckon you're my only passengers. Uh, make yourselves at home. I'm going to get me a drink of wine. All right.
25: Why, Dad, we've got the trolley all to ourselves. Yeah,
28: regular private car. Hmm?
25: where the
29: motormen go? And just over to the spring for a drink. It's a mighty hot day.
25: You'd better hurry or we'll
29: be late. <laughs> we can't start without the motorman.
25: But we are starting. Look, Dad... The doors have closed. We're moving. Yes, what happened?
29: Dad, I want to get out. The brakes. Something happened to the brakes. Let's get out, quick. Open the
0: doors. Uh, They're jammed. They're tight shut. Dad, we're going faster and faster. We're going downhill. Dad, what are we going to do? Jimmy, come here. The window. Out the
29: window, Dad. Get it open. Smash it. Wait. Jump, Dad. Jump. No, no, no. It's too late. Going too fast. We've got to, Dad. Look, there ahead. There's a tree. Jimmy. A tree. A tree falling right in the tracks. Look. Look, there in the sky. It's a man. Why, he's flying. Why, it can't be. It's not possible. Dad, he's coming straight at us. He's swooping down. He's going off the roof. Dad! Quick, grab hold of me. No, put me down. Let me go. Stop it. One under each arm. Out through the top. Hold on. We're going to crash. Well, we just got out of that in time. The trolley car's a wreck. Smashed into a million pieces. Where are you going? What are you doing to us? Uh, What's happening? Put us down. Don't be frightened. You're all right. I had to get you out of there in a hurry. Pulling off that roof was the only way. Now we're going down again. Down. Down. There you are. Safe and sound in the field. Well, I... I don't know what to say. Quite all right, Professor. Getting you and the boy out of that car was nothing. I can't believe it.
0: Who are you, anyway? Where do you come from?
29: I have no name. I come from a world that no longer exists. Here in this world of yours, men would call me a Superman. It's a dream. A wild,
26: impossible dream.
29: But,
0: Dad, it happened. We saw it. He flew down, took us under his arms. And out of the
29: car, that's all. Nothing so strange about that. And you saved our lives, Jimmy's and mine. I don't understand even now, but I'm grateful. Are you, Professor? Do you doubt it? Would you do something to prove it? Would we? Anything at all. And make me a promise. Promise that you'll say nothing at all about what's happened. What? Don't you want people to know? Not just yet. I want no one to know. Except those I help. Will you promise? Well, if you wish. I do, believe me. Then you have our word. Is that all? No. You've given me your promise. Now I want your advice. You want advice from us? You know this world. I'm a stranger. You know the people in it. And I have still to find them out. You want to meet men, is that it? Not meet them, Professor. Observe them. Study them. See them at their best and their worst. Know which to help and when help is needed. If you can tell me that...
0: Dad, can we help him? Well,
29: I think so, Jimmy, if that's what he wants. It would mean a great deal to me. Well, my friend, if we can call you that... I hope we can. My first friends on this earth. To mingle with people, to see men at the highest and the lowest, if that's what you want... Well, let me think. Uh, How about a newspaper, a great metropolitan daily? A newspaper? Yes, join their staff. Be a reporter. Oh, but you can't do it in those clothes. Not that blue costume with the cloak and shield on your breast. Gee, you couldn't. Jimmy, these are the cloak and the shield of Superman. If I become as other men, I shall dress as other men. Well, you'll have to assume some kind of a name. Uh, What do they call you? I have no name. Well, how about... Clark Kent? That sounds all right. Yes, why not? It's usual enough. won't attract attention. Clark Kent. Clark Kent. Yes. And about joining a newspaper. That should give me an opportunity to learn the troubles of men, to know whom to help, and when help is needed. I'll do it. Many thanks to both of you for your advice. Well, no thanks are necessary. If there were only something more... Just this. Remember your promise. Never to reveal my identity. And now, goodbye. I've stayed too long and I'm off. Goodbye.
3: Goodbye. Goodbye.
29: They're right. Superman must become a reporter. A reporter by the name of Clark Kent. Clark Kent. I'll do it.
28: City roll. White.
26: Listen, Chief better get somebody in that railroad story right away. Anything break? Looks bad. I don't know where your dope came from, but it sure was right. Well, where are you now? At the yards out of town. If I were you,
16: I'd have somebody watch the man they call the wolf. The wolf? That's what I do, chief. Watch him. Trail him. Follow him every minute. He's
26: at the bottom of this as sure as you're born. Oh, hey, I gotta meet you. Someone's coming. oh so... Excuse me, Mr. White. That
19: young man's still waiting. Watch him.
28: Oh, the one who wants a job? Well, let him wait. Who have we got that's free?
19: The can's on the coast. Grayson's down in Virginia. Most of the day, men are full up.
28: I knew it. Confound, it's always the way. Something breaks and nobody to handle it. What
19: is it, Mr. White?
28: Railroads. Sabotage. I didn't believe it, but there may be something in it after all. If there is... Yes, sir. If there is, Miss Smith, it'll be the biggest story since Lindbergh. And me shorthanded. Oh, what's the use?
19: Yes, sir. Uh, About that man. Oh,
28: send him in. Send him in.
19: Yes, sir. Come in, Mr. Kent. Mr. White
28: will see you now. You want to see me? Close that door.
29: Yes, sir.
28: My name is Kent.
29: Clark Kent. What can I do for you, Mr. Kent? Well, Mr. White, you can give me work, I hope.
28: Work? On the paper? Yes, sir. I'd like to be a reporter. Oh, you'd like to be a reporter. What papers have you worked on? Well, none, sir, but... Oh, you haven't. But you think you'd be a whiz. (laughs) Well, I'm afraid I can't use you, Kent.
29: You mean you haven't any openings?
28: Not for Greenhorns. I'm sorry if I'm blunt.
29: But, Mr. White, even if I am a greenhorn, suppose I brought you a good story.
28: And where would you get it? I'm afraid you'll have to excuse me, Mr. Kent. I. A I'm...
29: really good story? Such as? Such as the complete inside on the man called the wolf on the western railroads? Uh, uh, what's that? You heard me. Do you want that story? Do I want it? Well, I should say I do. But look I here. I think I could get it for you, Mr. White. What do you know about the wolf? A little bit. Where did you ever hear his name? connection with railroads, Mr. White. Oh, no,
28: stop beating around the bush. I only heard the beginning of that myself yesterday morning. Not a paper in the country has carried a line, and yet... And yet I come in here and talk about it. I think
29: I could do something with it, Mr. White. Now, look here,
28: Kent. Mysterious secret messages have threatened to tie up every railroad in the country, beginning with the western. For a while, the road paid no attention, and then the cracked flyer on the p went off a bridge. Yes, I read about that. Yeah, naturally. But you didn't read about the warnings because they weren't printed. Weren't printed? No, and they won't be. Not until we've checked all the angles. And then this man, the wolf... Oh, yes, yes, the wolf. Now, where do you come in? How did you get to know the wolf? Excuse me. Say, own, White.
18: My friend, tomorrow night, the silver clipper leaves Denver for the west. It will not arrive in Salt Lake City.
28: Hey, what's that? Who's this?
18: I have been called the Wolf.
19: Goodbye.
28: Hey, come back here. Come back here. Wait, wait.
18: Yes, Mr. White?
28: Where did that call come from?
20: I'm sorry,
28: sir. The party has been disconnected. Ah, uh, nuts. I beg your pardon,
29: sir, but if that call did come from the Wolf, I should be inclined to believe it. Huh? How do you know who that was? If I were you, I'd warn the officials in charge of the silver clipper. Uh,
28: Look here. You couldn't hear that phone. What is this? How do you know who called me?
29: As I was saying, Mr. White, suppose I brought you a good story. The story of the silver clipper and the wolf.
28: I take chances, Kent. I'm going to take a chance on you. Thank you, Mr. White. It's 2,000 miles. You'll have to hop a plane. I'll get there, Mr. White, in spite of the weather. Lord, I, I hadn't noticed the weather. Well, get to the airport anyway. You rang, Mr. White? Miss Smith, this is Clark Kent temporarily attached to our staff. You'll note I said, temporarily. Yes, sir. Kent leaves for the west for the first plane. Get him tickets and a $200 advance.
19: Mr. White, all planes are grounded. That's
28: all right, sir. I'll get there. Uh, Take him outside. Show him what he needs to know. Mr. White, I'd like to thank you. Oh, let it go, Kent. Let it go. You get a story and you get a job. You're either clairvoyant or the luckiest guesser alive. Either way, I can use you. But if you miss out, well...
19: This way, Mr. Kent. Thank you,
28: Miss Smith. nice
29: of you to show me around.
19: Pretty lucky, I'll say hundred good newspaper men walking the streets and you step right into a job. Well, I
29: say, I am lucky.
19: You wait in here. It's the ante room the cashier's office. Well,
29: I really don't need an advance. Oh, I...
19: playboy in disguise, eh? Wait here.
29: Oh, what a rotten night. Don't
19: fall out that window. It's 20 stories down.
29: Beautiful view, even in the fog. You
19: wait right here till I get your money. Then I'll introduce you to a few real newspaper men.
29: Planes grounded. 2,000 miles to go. Sorry, Miss Smith. I'm afraid I can't wait. Clark Kent may need a plane, but Superman doesn't. Up with a window. And out.
19: And I hope I didn't keep you waiting to.
23: What? Miss what? Smith! Miss what Smith! Oh,
19: what's wrong? That man! Did he go out, that Clark Kent? Nobody
23: went through the city room. No. He didn't
19: go out. Well, I left him right here. The, the window. Oh! The open window. He went through it, and it's 20 stories out! How need he went out the window?
28: window.
22: Out the open window, 20 stories above the ground. In the wink of an eye, Clark Kent, cub reporter for the Daily Planet, becomes Superman, eagle of the sky, winging his way west over city and plain, river and mountain, through the storm-swept night. But will he be in time? Can he checkmate the strange figure called the wolf, discover the plot, save the silver clipper, roaring toward Denver at 90 miles an hour? And remember, don't miss the next installment... Of Superman!
2: Up in the sky!
0: Look! It's a bird!
2: It's a plane!
0: It's Superman! You're listening to WSHDLP Eastport. We've just heard an episode of Superman from 1940. Thank you, dear friends. This concludes today's show. On behalf of around-the-world staff of researchers, recording engineers, interns, and Victrola technicians, this is Cracklin' Jane. Thank you, and see you next week!
20: This is Joan Loudon, a.k.a. The Bass Lady. Join me for Jazz Potpourri, airing Wednesdays from 2.30 to 4.30 p.m., with a repeat on Saturdays from 4 to 6 p.m. From divas to crooners, from the streets of New Orleans to the clubs of Paris, with a little Latin added for spice, Jazz Potpourri is an auditory mix for your listening pleasure. Join me Wednesdays and Saturdays on 93.3 fm
23: wshd lp eastport hey have i got a radio show for you bold coasting comes at you twice a week thursday at eight sunday at four right here on wshd lp in eastport maine 93.3 fm on bold coasting we don't just play the music uh, we like to talk about it a little bit too It's music and commentary. It's a radio show with liner notes. Your kids can ask your parents what that means.
26: Mad Pad.
17: Mad
1: Pad.
18: Tune in every Saturday night at 7 and again on Tuesdays at 8 for Philly Joe Remarkables Mad Pad right here on WSHDLP Eastport, Maine, 93.3 on your FM dial.
1: Man, take this crazy pad. Man, it's a mad
0: pad. listening to WSHDLP Esport, broadcasting from the hallowed hallways of Shedd High School. Tune in Mondays, 4 to 6 p.m. for Around the World with your host, Cracklin' Jane, featuring historical 78 RPM recordings from around the world, plus radio dramas from the golden age of radio. If you miss the show, don't despair. There's a repeat broadcast on Fridays, 6 to 8 p.m. And if you miss that, just go to www.cracklinjane.com and download or stream the show at your leisure. Come
8: on by Sam's Caffeine Cafe every Tuesday and Thursday morning from 8 until 10 a.m. I'm Sam, the proprietor. I keep all the tables clean, there are no sesame seeds on the floor, no schmutz from the night before, just good music. The first hour, a little bit softer, some Americana, folk, blues, a little bit of jazz, but by 9 o'clock, we are amped up on caffeine. We're playing up-tempo music all hour long. It's a grab bag. It's a fun place to hang out, and we would love to have you. We would. Please come by 93.3 WSHD LP Eastport. <laughs>
10: Hi, this is Greg Williams. I've been collecting music first on 45s, then LPs, cassettes, CDs, and digital files for over 40 years.
18: From the obscure to the sublime and the familiar to the mundane, it's pretty much all pop music of just about any era or genre. And I call sharing it with you unabashedly playing favorites. Please tune in every Friday from 1 to 2 p.m. right here on WSHD LP Esport 93.3 FM.